0: Welcome to Alt Centrism Central Podcast. This is the first episode of our podcast. And for those listening in, we are doing our first episode of this podcast. This podcast will cover issues from economic, political, and societal issues. For today's podcast, today we have me, your host, uh, boomer Ted Cruz. And we have our other host. Would you like to introduce yourself?
1: Yes, I am me. I am the other host.
0: <laughs> All right. And then we have our guest today. Would you like to introduce yourself?
2: That's a great introduction. Uh, my name is Spicy Lashaga. Oh,
0: very nice. Very nice. <laughs>
1: very good to have you. Thanks, thank you for being here.
2: Happy to yes. be here.
0: Thank you very much. And today's topic, we're going to go over uh, corruption, and specifically, our other hosts would like to go over uh, specifically a, illegal activism and yeah. whistleblowers, but we'll yeah. get to that later. Yeah. Uh, first, he'd like to talk about the direction we'd like to take today's podcast.
1: So uh, the, the reason we're doing this podcast is we want to talk about serious political issues in a humorous, kind of lighthearted way. Our ultimate aim is to understand the reasons and convictions behind why people believe what they do. And I, I, I think uh, that would, that's the first step to tackling the toxic political polarization in our country and in the world is to just understand each other. Um, so in the future, we would like to hopefully get a, a recording studio and have well-known guest speakers. Uh, our guest speaker today actually is extremely well known. He's got what six PhDs, right, Alex?
2: Oh yeah, seven.
1: seven sorry, seven. My bad. Um, so this is generally how our podcasts are going to go. Uh, we're going to talk. We're going to make our opening statements. We're going to uh, introduce the topic for the episode, um, and so then we're go- then we're going to discuss the topic of the episode. Uh, we're usually going to allow our guest speakers to speak first, uh, after we introduce the topic. Uh, a big thing about our show is that all research and opinions are not going to be shared beforehand. That way we don't know what each other is going to say. Uh, and hopefully that would, that'll be more enjoyable to watch. Uh, so, and then the last few minutes, we're going to make our closing remarks. We're going to make announcements. So if you, uh, Become a fan of our channel. Uh, please make sure to stay until the end because we'll be making announcements at that time. Uh, but that's that's about it um, for the direction we'd like to take this podcast. So the first thing I'd like to do is let's create a create a group definition of uh, corruption. So what are what are you guys' thoughts on that?
2: Well. Uh... I don't know. Let's corruption, a is, is, it's a little bit, um, I think it's a little bit difficult to define. I mean, we talk, especially in New York State, talks a lot about corruption. And, you know, Cuomo and his administration having the most corrupt administration that New York has ever seen. But I think corruption is really just living by someone else's own morals so if you in my own definition the way i see it is if you are living by someone else's rule you are are manipulated by another person that would be you being corrupt that's you only wanting to better yourself at least in the governmental political standpoint um it's the betterment of someone else over either your own thoughts or the betterment of the people.
1: All right. So essentially what you're saying, just so that I understand this, is you're saying that corruption is when you forego your own moral standards or your job description for, uh, the purposes of others. Exactly. Okay. Peyton, anything you'd like to add?
0: Yeah, I kind of wanted to just use the textbook definition of corruption because I think that that suits, and Alex, what Alex said is somewhat what it is. Yeah. Let's but uh, I would say, facts, I would say, I would say the 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 best definition we can give is dishonest or fraudulent conduct by those in power, typically involving bribery, and I think. I think the bribery part of it is is pretty true. Most of the time, when corruption is going on, I'd say money is a factor, mm-hmm. almost always. Unless you, uh, you are, know, like,
1: unless you're Monica Lewinsky.
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> unless you're Monica Lewinsky, but you know, there's another factor there, and it's pretty long. But um, I don't really want to get too. into it. But yeah, yeah. Uh, you know other forms of payment, but yeah, it's usually about about the money. It's not about you know the people themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, a lot of a lot of uh people in the the reactionary right wing circles, and they talk about how you know democracies and republics and any form of government really. Leaders are incentivized when they don't have, you know, a certain grasp of power to extra report the wealth because they want to make themselves wealthy. They have an incentive to do so. You know, they want to make themselves better. Right. And that's why I think corru- it, you know, when corruption happens, it's usually because they're trying to obtain more wealth. Mm-hmm. You know, look at any any corrupt individual pretty much ever any corruption scandal money is almost always involved
2: so basically uh, any major politician no so,
1: yes so in your mind in your mind uh, money has quite a lot to do with uh corruption
2: Uh
0: definitely i think so okay. and all
1: right all right so let's uh uh, that that actually leads well into the next thing I want to talk about um, in in some states there are now laws that are being created uh in regards to private prisons and illegal immigration so there there is a lot of money involved and it's also a to- a very hot button topic uh today uh which is immigration uh specifically uh let's look at Arizona's law SB 1070 uh basically what happened there was uh it was a law that regulate that basically allowed uh law enforcement to uh, detain illegal immigrants and put them into private prisons so now is this a case of corruption or is this a case of we don't know what to do because we have so many illegal immigrants? Uh, I'll share my source with you guys, and I'd like to hear your thoughts on that. So right off the bat, my source is NPR. What, what do you guys think about the source? Is it trustworthy?
0: Um. I'd say NPR. NPR can be considered a trustworthy source. I think what a lot of people need to do when they do fact checking and they look at sources is first of all, always read the entire source. you know, make sure you're getting all the information. But second of all, you know look where their biases align, look where their incentives align. I mean, NPR, uh, for those who don't know, stands for National Public Radio. And it's a publicly funded organization, meaning the government is the one publicly funding it. So you have to think about, you know, where that might play into. I don't think into a story like this exactly it would play into it, um, you know, because the federal government doesn't have all the ties to private prisons. I know there are federal private prisons, but like this one seems to be specifically a state issue and not a federal issue. So, um, and I would also say NPR has more of a left wing, uh, left wing bias. They're still pretty factual most of the time. But uh, as for the laws, as for the laws themselves, and you know, um, you know, had it is this like an incentive of, you know, money and. Is it, is it a corruption thing, or is it a dealing with the actual problem? I really don't know. I would say uh, immigration is one of the hot-button issues right. of, of our time, obviously. I mean, the government, as of the recording of this podcast, is still shut down.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: and, and it's all over that. Yeah. So,
1: one uh, of the... What are, what this law basically what this law does and what people are saying that it can do are two different things though um, mm-hmm. what what this law does is it allows law enforcement to detain anybody if they cannot show proof of um, of citizenship or of identity basically so uh, say that you are walking on the street in Arizona uh, policemen could definitely detain you if you did not have identification. Um, And so then what this does, uh, or at least what NPR is suggesting, is that this law allows uh, for more people to enter the private prison system for profit.
2: So after reading the source, it's, i think he's making a mountain out of a molehill because you're right that that's pretty much all this law says is that police can detain anybody who can't provide proof of citizenship or proof of residence which sure might be seem bad for someone who's in a northern state but um someone who's living in the southern states near where a lot of immigration happens illegal immigration happens might be more um, keen to agree with this law because it it is hard to find and stop illegal immigration and it is a state issue, and Arizona definitely just wants to at least curb the amount of illegal immigrants crossing the border, and this is one way to do it. It's a drastic way, but it's a, an effective one, probably. Mm-hmm.
1: So there is there is an infographic in the source that shows how many elected officials from the state receive money from private prison companies mm-hmm. uh how how much does that affect your um your judgment on this article or your opinion on this topic
2: not at all i mean private prison companies are or, or any company really does not give money to politicians to change them they give it to politicians who they think will take them far. So, similarly, the NRA supporting Republicans is not them corrupting Republicans and saying, hey, you know, pass our laws. They are supporting the Republicans because of the fact that they agree with them. I don't think prison companies give enough money to the point where they would be the number one thing to change um, about an entire law system. And this doesn't necessarily only help private prisons, but everything else as well. So I don't think the giving money is the biggest thing here.
1: All right. I think
0: think I'm so I'm conflicted on this issue because there are two parts. One, one that loves the, the, the idea of the law because I think it could help curb illegal immigration. And then there's there's another part of me that believes that this is kind of a a a um, a violation of our constitutional rights. You know, mm-hmm. it's kind of like detainment without any you know reasoning. Because while 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 if you fail to prove you know permanent resident status or citizen status yeah um to most people, it's like well, that's you know just reason, but you know what's the context of someone doing this like you know is it someone who's being stopped for like a traffic ticket, or is it just a police officer going up to any random person, which I don't think would I don't think would happen anyways. I mean, usually a police officer only approaches someone if you know they see them doing something suspicious. See them actively committing a crime or something like that. It's not like just going up to random people and being like, "Hey, I need you to prove your citizen status right now." We're, we're, but I think it's just that.
1: Sorry, sorry to interrupt, but we're gonna get to um, police force corruption a, a little while yeah, or two.
0: Yeah, and uh, but, but really, I just think you know, with this law, you know, it it, de- it depends on the context of when. These police officers are doing it because, you know, if you just stop someone on the on the street, you know, by chance they might not have an ID or any way to prove their citizenship, and then they can be detained for that, despite not doing anything wrong. I think that's Which a good point. That's that's a,
2: that's you know, a good a point huge, because yeah, it's it's, a, yeah, a very you can't just stop somebody and search them. That totally violates the Constitution. So I think it'd be more along the lines of how we deal with drug laws. So, you know, if you're, most cops aren't going to stop somebody and say, hey, let me search you for marijuana. Or even if probably find someone smoking, they'll just let them go because it's not even worth it at this point because so many people do it. But if they find somebody who was going, you know, 50 in a, in a 25 – And they pull them over and they spill weed in the car. That's just another thing to get them. That's just another thing to tack on. I think it's similar in that they would find somebody who maybe was in a car uh, speeding and they pull them over and they can't prove their permanent citizenship. They find out they're an illegal immigrant and they can send them home. Because I think a big issue is that these, the illegal immigrants who, Come here and commit crimes, then don't get deported because you can't necessarily prove that they're an illegal immigrant. If that makes sense. Yeah.
0: Okay. I yeah. I I I I somewhat agree. Yeah. But, um, I think I think kind of going back to our main topic, corruption around this. Though so I kind of I really really agree with what Alex said about. You know, giving money, and you know the corruption. You know, because I, as 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 I full heartedly believe, it's not the NRA who corrupt Republicans, and I'm saying corrupt loosely and in air quotes because I don't think they're corrupted for you know sticking by gun rights. But it's it's the Republicans come in, you know, with this mentality of supporting gun rights and not limiting them and not limiting manufacturers regardless of manufacturers in the NRA donating to them. When, when a company gives money to a candidate, it's a candidate that they think is going to further policies that they support. Um, I think sometimes that they can be, they'll be bought, um, on issues, but these issues typically are more minor issues and more case by case when you see that. Um, I think a wonderful example of corruption, and it's like very very obvious. Uh, John Stossel, who is a great reporter, did a did a video about this, but it was in uh, New York City, and. There was this excellent, you know, piece of land that a company wanted to develop on. They wanted to create, you know, a new apartment building, and they wanted to provide free transportation services and a park. And it's um, the property itself was in New Jersey, but it was like across, you know, basically the size of a lake from New York City for people to commute to give more housing to New York City and it would have been more affordable to a lot of people well the state of i think it was newark jersey, new jersey is is the town but they they came in and they seized the land with eminent domain they said they couldn't build there instead they built a sanitation um sanitation field and instead the reason the reason they did this is because they were basically in the pocket of this other realtor who was making property around the area, and even across in New York City, who was found to be, you know, actually giving these people money. Like they were, they, they were living in his realtor, um, in his real estate at a discounted price and everything. Um, the you know the mayor and the several members of the city council we're, you know, found to be living in real estate at discount price, I think that's a great example of, you know, money turning people on certain issues. And I think it's when it becomes more specific. I don't, I couldn't say on, you know, these laws that it's 100% corruption and it's the private prison system trying to collect more money and more prisoners because, you know, they are for profit and the incentive is there. But just because the incentive is there, right. I don't so think.
1: What, what you're saying yeah. is that you you require proof before you say that it's corruption. It's speculation yeah. is not good enough for you.
0: Yeah, just giving just giving money, just private prisons giving money to the legislators who co sponsor the bill, and something the source doesn't mention is when was this money given. You know, was this money given three elections ago? Was this money given this election? Was this money given shortly before the bill? That's good. You know, that would that would that would change that would change that would be more evidence to the fact. I don't think it would be the firm to prove that this is a corruption connection. I think uh, people are too quick to jump and say it's corruption when money is involved. Even though I think that most corru- corruption, you know, stems from money. Mm,
2: I think corruption, I was going to uh, talk about this earlier. If we're The multiple definitions of corruption, the money thing is great, but the money is really hard to pinpoint because there's so many people who donate so much money to campaigns. But I think the what really makes somebody corrupt is their morals. So if you only, I mean, take it back to an issue that's kind of, already been dealt with the uh, NRA supporting, you know, Ted Cruz after the Florida shooting or, you know, there was that big thing that came out with the March with our lives thing. and They all fought that, but it's not just corruption of, of money, but corruption of morals too. If you're, an immoral person just taking money so you know kids in schools die which is not what he was doing but regardless if you're just if you're morally corrupt then it doesn't matter how much money you take because you're still a corrupt person i think corruption in government is a really easy thing to pack where you just give the government less power because then it doesn't matter how corrupt they are they can't do anything to you
0: yeah I... I, I agree definitely that the government should have less power and, you know, corruption. Corruption wouldn't be as big as an issue if the government had less of an impact on your life, which I could I, I could argue that the government already doesn't have the hugest impact, even though it's it's increasing, trying to increase how much of an impact it has on your life. But
1: well, uh, something I would like to add here, and this could be a topic for a whole other episode, is the, the, the topic of power, because government is not the only entity that has power over our lives. Um, so I think corruption can happen anywhere where there is a power or potential for power. Uh, so for example, um, cartels are very organized, structured entities, similar to a government, and they have a lot of power. They can just as easily mess with your lives uh, like the government could. So I think that's just something important to keep in mind.
0: Oh, yeah. And I mean, you could argue corporations as well. I just think, I think, though, that the government is the biggest actor who has the most power over your lives. If you're talking about
1: corporations involved involved. Yeah.
0: If you have talking about corporations, I think the most, you know, corrupt corporations or the corporations that could have the biggest impact on your life google. are yeah well yeah monopolies monopolies like google monopolies like youtube you know these ones disney. that have been created disney for example <laughs> though disney you could argue to a lesser extent because yeah. disney does have competitors disney has and quite a lot of them
1: life, okay disney is the worst they ruined star wars I'm sorry, but well, yes. Disney, ruined, Disney ruined a lot of things. They're so corrupt. All they
2: want. Yeah, corrupt. just it's corruption money and money out of the franchise. And then yep. they ruined it for us. They they're they're destroying
0: our lives. Uh, of course. Yeah. Well you could talk about corruption on there. Um if we wanna if we wanna talk about corporation corruption, uh I don't know if you guys have heard of this, but there was a Star Wars fan film that was created about Darth Vader, and it was created by a YouTuber oh, called Star a, Wars Theory.
1: That was a really uh, high budget production. Yeah,
0: yeah, very, very high project. Uh, you know, budget production. You know, big, big time uh, production. It was crowdfunded and everything. And Disney tried to come in and say this guy couldn't crowdfund to make this movie. Um, he did it anyways and was able to do it. Um, and then when the video comes out, the first episode of the Star Wars fan film, what Disney does is they claim the video and they say we're gonna th- we're gonna put ads on it because the creator didn't want to make profit or ads on it. He just wanted it to be there for the fans. There were no ads when it first came out. Uh, well, Disney put ads on it and said we're gonna collect all the revenue from this, even though they all had zero involvement. All of it, all yes, of the how, ad revenue. How? it was this uh, intellectual
1: YouTube. property that's a topic for yet another
0: episode yeah wait
1: this was yeah. on YouTube it's, yeah
0: it's a very it's I, I, I highly YouTube recommend films. it to anyone who likes Star Wars it's a very good fan film but What's it called? um, it's called like Darth Vader or something <laughs> Yeah, they um it's it's they,
1: they had a very high budget for production. They hired a professional movie crew and they actually yeah. did auditions for the uh, the right voices and people who looked similar to characters.
0: Yeah, they did they did they went full out and they crowdfunded this and they had you know got a lot of money for it. But Disney, you know, decided even though this was supposed to be like non profit and the guy was not making any profit and didn't want to Put ads forcibly and took all the money from it um, but and, and they were saying like if he attempted to appeal this decision that they would copyright claim the video and just get rid of it, and that it would be gone forever.
2: Yeah, that's and how yeah that's that's, that's you too so, honestly. <laughs> so
0: luckily Lucasfilm came in because in the contract that they signed with Disney, they like there was something specifically to prevent things like this from happening. They came in, came to the rescue, and you know said Disney could not do this, and that they were violating the terms of their contract, and that put and and it was even talks that potentially Lucasfilm would no longer be owned by Disney if you know these contact contract violations continued. So I mean that's 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 a very recent example of of corporate corruption, but I think I think like honestly, even in this case, you know. Um, it didn't have the biggest impact on my life, like it had big impact on that guy's life and the people who worked on that
2: oh, but no, for I, me I it's was, not I really
1: was talking bad. about the the Star Wars seven eight uh broke yeah, on those new films uh, I think yes. those had
2: a, those had a really big impact i mean we I personally talked about you know seven and eight. A lot because of the fact that it wasn't just that they ruined it, but it was like it was a major problem with all the movies now. And they all were just there, it's not corruption of money, not doing it for money. I I believe they're all corrupt in that they are they're all trying to push the same political agenda. I mean, they remade Ocean's Eleven, Ghostbusters 2, Star Wars 7 and 8, all these new movies that are coming out. They're just trying to shove some sort of political agenda down your throat. I mean, even... Um...
1: Oh, yeah. And you know what? The producers of Star Wars have been extremely vocal in public about what their agendas are. Um, I cannot remember what her name is. Uh, the director for the Star Wars movies. Do you guys know?
0: Uh... It's not a woman. I talking about Rian Johnson... He he directed Last Jedi. JJ Abrams' is...
2: Yeah, Ryan Johnson. Produced.
0: He directed um Seven that's and Kathleen he's
1: That's her name.
0: Oh, oh, you mean the woman that's in charge of all the star yeah, yeah, she's kinda like the Kevin Feige to how the Marvel universe is where she's supposed to like plan it out. Except for they have no plan for these movies at all. Um uh, on to what you said about, you know, they're pushing a political agenda yes, I agree they're p- pointing a political agenda but I think they honestly thought that you know, they were going to make money I mean, Star Wars 7 is so obviously a attempt to appeal, appeal to fans and cash in on Star Wars fans, it's pretty much a complete retreading of A New Hope I think the money was involved there too because you could also talk about like the most recent uh, Gillette Commercial. The razors. Have oh, you guys
2: God. seen this? Yeah, I've seen. Uh, yeah, yeah,
0: about seen the. It about, I heard about it. It, well, based off, it's kind of a a thing about men, and you know, men should be better, and men should not do this, and men should do this, and blah be blah women. blah. Men, men, <laughs> men should be women. I, I think that's something they allude to, or even outright say. I can't remember. Because it was a pain to watch that entire commercial, even though it was so short. But you know, I I think there they I think all these companies who do these kind of things, like Burger King's pink tax commercial they had a few months ago, I think they all think there's like underlying money that they're trying to appeal to a market. But it's Mm -hmm. just like so weird. Whenever whenever companies do political agendas, I feel like it's always. They were trying to appeal to this market and create like a dedicated base and think that if they appeal to them politically, that somehow they're all going to get business from these people?
2: I disagree with that. And the only reason I disagree with it is because of recently EA and DICE, when they, create, when they made Battlefield Five, and they said, hey, if you don't like our game don't buy it. If you don't like the messages being said, don't buy it. I don't, I genuinely think they believe in their political agenda but, and as a video game company or any company for that matter, your goal is the profit. Your goal is to make as much money, sell as as many copies of whatever it is that you're doing. You, You make money from whatever you're doing and they are so blinded by the fact that they need to do this agenda. They need to have this in their game. They just Totally forgot about everything that's in front of them and I mean now Battlefield 5 is already on a sale for $30 and it's only been out two or three months that's almost unheard of from video games that are AAA titles um and that's I mean it, they're not the only company that's done that they don't they all, all these companies will say that and then take huge hits from their for their games I mean but Games like Red Dead Redemption 2, where there was a lot of people upset about it and they said, like, we're not going to change it for historical accuracy, do better, much better than the games who try to force a different political agenda down their throat. So I don't know. I, I think corruption hurts, sometimes hurts the people who are even being corrupt. And I think EA and DICE are a very good example of that
0: uh yeah i guess i guess you could say i mean that comment that they made you know don't buy our game if you don't like the message uh i feel like i feel like yeah this is partly partly it's partly true there are definitely people who are working on these movies who are working on these games who are working on these in these companies who definitely wholeheartedly believe in the agenda but I don't think it's everyone in the company. I don't think it's oh, like. Yeah. A, I, I, I cannot see a company, you know, sacrificing their their entire profits and just to be like, to make a political message. And I think there has to be a profit incentive for them to do it because, you know. Companies have a responsibility to not only their investors, but everybody who works for their company to make money. Because if they don't make money, the investors don't make money. The workers don't make money. Nobody in the company makes money. And I think that it's definitely an incentive there because they think that it's going to appeal to people. Like, you know, Star Wars 7, I don't think it was as heavy handed as with like political messages. So things to say, I think it was more just a corporate cash in on the series, you know, retreading of New Hope. You know, l- let let me show you Stormtroopers. Let me show you stuff. You know, if the, you you recognize all this stuff from Star Wars, let me show it to you. So you come buy tickets and munch on your popcorn in our movie theaters, and you know, sit sit next to me who hates pickles and will vomit at the sign of them. Big ol' ass pickle and munch on it and make a lot of noise and ruin oh, my experience.
2: Wait, I actually have a story about... Um, all right, so I recently flew. Mm-hmm. I was three days late because of the airline I flew. And I flew on United Airlines. Um, United has a pretty bad rep right now.
1: Is, aren't they the ones who dragged out that
2: doctor yep. and beat him up? Yep. Far, and they also... That was a while ago. United? Also... <laughs> They had a story of a flight attendant who killed the dog. She shoved it in the overhead bin. Oh, no. Um, Yeah, I heard uh, about that. Yeah. So, they basically have this system where I I don't know exactly how many tickets. uh, What I assume is you have the basic economy, the economy plus, and the first class. Now, my dad and I flew home last week, or this week, I guess, and we flew quote-unquote basic economy and because of that for some reason and the storm in the northeast pushed our flights back a few days and when they rebooked us they booked us on different flights so we wanted to be on the same flight so we went to the customer service desk when we were you know that morning getting on the plane or about to anyways and we said hey we want to be on the same flight and he said well i can't do anything because it's just basic economy tickets a few hours later my flight when we were because we were on the same flight to Denver, Colorado, and then our flight split. When my when my flight in Newark, where I was going after Denver, got delayed, so I wasn't gonna be able to get home, my dad, we, we both walked up to a customer service desk and we said, Hey, we need to get this figured out. Like we can't I can't be I, as a seventeen year old can't be stuck in Newark because I have no way to to get a hotel or anything like that. And she said, I'd love to help you, but you're only basic economy. Mm. Wow. So basically, yeah. if you pay more money, you get to cut all the lines, and you get treated like, actual, like an actual human being instead of just another number. But that's just, a, I think, a very recent example of, of corruption in a company because airlines like Southwest never had that problem before.
1: Wow.
0: Yeah, I think that's a highlight of um though an example of where like corporate corporate corruption is you know definitely affects you. But I think I think what what distinguishes corporate corruption from governmental corruption is is that most of the time and and there are exceptions to this. We've mentioned them, Google and YouTube. Most of the time, you have another option. Um, I'm assuming in the case of you that everything worked out, and I don't know how it worked out. But by chance, did you go to another uh, airline?
2: Or... Oh, no. I mean, now we will. Now it's like I'm never going to use you but, yeah. again type thing. But you're right. Competition does create that. Uh, I,
0: yeah, and, you know, when... When you have more competing airlines, um, you know, more competition in the market, it's very hard for companies to get away with corruption and um, yeah, we, we they have lost, less of an incentive uh, to do uh, it.
1: There, there are le- way less airlines now than there used to be. Um, but we have we yeah, to move on to some new topics, though, because we still have yet to talk yeah. about um, police. And we have yet to talk about uh, specifically New York State, and I also wanted to mention the Federal Reserve and some useful um, resources for corruption. And there's also whistleblowers and illegal mm-hmm. activism. So we 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 got a we, we got a lot more things to talk about that we got to get through. So yeah, and here's the next thing that I would like to talk about. Um, start it at the specific time that I shared it at. Uh, basically. This is uh, an excerpt from the LA 92 riots where uh, an Asian shop uh, owner uh, shot a 15-year-old girl in the back of the head after she walked away and refused to pay for an item that she didn't have with her. She left it on the counter, I believe. Um, there, w- there was a little bit of a, a physical altercation, um, but eventually, essentially what happened was uh, Say so you, you walk up to the counter, you want to pay for something, uh, there's a verbal altercation, it gets a little physical, and then you're just like, fine, I'm going somewhere else. Shop owner takes out a gun, shoots girl in the back of the head. Uh, the jury found her uh, to, uh, guilty of voluntary manslaughter and should have gotten a minimum of 16 years in prison, um, but what, ha- what ended up happening was that the, the judge passed down a sentence of a, I believe 400 hours of community service and five years probation. And this is her reasoning for it if you watch the video, uh, starting at that time. So I'm, I'm gonna put it on my screen so that everybody else can see it um, and yeah. It is not a time for rhetoric. Which serves no purpose other than to fuel the fire. It's like throwing gasoline on a fire that's already burning. It is my opinion that Mrs. Dew is not a danger to the community. And that she is not going to reoffend. I know a criminal when I see one. I know a criminal when I I see one. I know a person who presents a danger to the community when I see one. Yeah, okay. When I don't, I treat that person as something other than that. So... Yeah, you, know, you, you guys can stop watching right around there. What do you guys think about that?
2: I I have no words. I'm I'm speechless. I, uh, damn. I I really don't know what else to say because that's freaking nuts. I I.
1: I mean, this I one... couldn't
2: imagine someone getting away with this like this.
1: This, this whole thing started, the LA riots started, because Rodney King was beaten senseless and almost to death by cops um, for a relatively uh, minor thing. I mean, it, it obviously didn't warrant be, getting beaten almost to death, right? Uh, I believe the cops asked him to um, stand still or get on his knees or something like that, and he didn't because he didn't know what was going on. Um, and so th- the cops, uh, they, their, their defense was, well, we were afraid that he, uh, had a gun or that he was going to shoot at us, uh, which he did not have a gun. Um, uh, so yeah, they, they beat him senseless. That went viral. Uh, people, uh, actually the police officers got what was coming to them in the original trial, but then their lawyers decided to move the trial somewhere else uh, to a more white community, and then their sentences got overturned uh, and it was much more lenient. So there, There's a lot of judicial corruption there and a lot of police corruption and I'm interested to hear your guys' thoughts on this. I think this is just corruption all across the board. Uh, the, the reason the LA riots happened is 100% on the fault of the government and the people who work for the government
2: well okay this is coming from the son of a cop but i don't think that the police in general are corrupt i don't think well, right. because Unless similarly trying
1: to paint paint something you know across the board across the whole united states uh, but in this particular instance
2: Well, yeah, I mean, definitely could take apart this instance, and I would 110% say she should have gone to jail because nobody deserves a shot in the back of the head doing nothing wrong. I mean, it's just – right, nobody deserves that.
1: And Oh, sorry, you weren't done.
2: I'm just astonished. I even – from this one specific case, yeah, I'd I'd say – that they made a wrong choice, but also that happens. And yeah. Nothing you can do about it now.
1: I, th- I think the biggest point uh, to make here is, you know, m- many people do not care about their local elections and uh, who's, who's in their local government, but it, it can actually have the biggest effect on your lives. I mean, because this uh, person, I think her name is Joyce? Uh, Joyce. Yeah, that's the judge's name. Because she was elected, uh, that 15-year-old girl Latasha Harlins didn't get any justice at all. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's really important to pay attention not just to corruption on a national or global scale, but you know, right in our own communities.
0: Yeah, I know. Mm, sorry, I'm I'm yawning. <laughs> but uh too boring for you oh not that it's too not that it's too boring uh it's 8 49 and uh i'm a little tired boy but um actually to go, to go on to <laughs> to go on to you know what we're talking about is you know this is a great point that joe is making about local elections too often people are only concerned with what's happening in federal elections if they're concerned with politics at all. And what people don't realize is, is that the, the more local you get from going all the way down from global to federal to, lo- to state to local elections, the local government has the most impact on you out of any government that could have any impact on you at all. Yeah. Um. You know, this is something that uh, you know, I was first introduced to this idea by my old debate coach, who was a very wise woman and v- very great person. You know, and very articulated in politics. And she, you know, reprimanded it, me when I was first getting into politics about how I did not really care for state and local matters at all. I thought they were boring. I didn't think they were important or interesting. Um, but, you know, she, she kind of, you know, educated me. Um, I've become more involved in state politics, local politics. I'm still having trouble with. It definitely doesn't help when you're, you know, a new move to a new area. Yeah. Um, it's hard to get, it's hard to, you know, get a feel for it, especially if you weren't there, you know, your whole life. Um. But yeah, I think they're very important. And I think this goes back to the distinction we were making between corporate and government corruption. With corporate corruption, most of the time, if a, a corporation is being corrupt in the way they're giving you a product or the way they're doing a service or anything they're doing, you can always choose to go to another corporation. You can boycott it. You can um, you know, help organize worker strikes. There are things you can do, but when it comes to a government, I mean, you can't choose another government. The most you could do is is vote, but you know, one vote is is worthless in the grand scheme of things. And this is not a racking against going and voting. I still think people should vote because that's how you get a big enough voting pool that can have anything done. But right. This is the problem. We have to wait a certain amount of years for anything to happen. And, you know, there's so much insider trading and so much inside, you know, insider groups that help each other. I mean, look at this case. Look at the fact that you know, um, a, a court hearing was moved to another like district. That that should not happen. It should the the court hearing should happen. So- Wherever the crime happens, it should not be moved.
1: Just a clarification. The reason it was moved was so that they could have a jury of their peers. That was their reasoning for it.
0: Don't, I don't think that's a justified... I don't think that's a justified, justified reason.
1: either. I'm just giving you the, yeah. the, their justification I, for it.
0: And I appreciate giving me the justification, their justification for it, but... You know... Uh, when When it says... A jury of your peers it means a jury of the people you know affected by this crime the people affected of this crime were not the people in in, you know a whole nother neighborhood the people affected by the crime were that were there and you know this is not rallying against the police officer or any corruption case because i think a lot of 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 examples of police corruption that we see that get big news coverage. Uh, I think a lot of them are like bashing of the police and a lot of them are not in factual basis, but, you know, I I don't know about a lot about the LA riots. And if, if this case, if Joe, if exactly what you said is completely true, then yeah, this is a case obvious case of, police corruption and the police not doing their job but is it specifically to talk about letitia Harlan's. i think that's terrible what happened with the um you know asian woman and uh you know honestly i I, and this is not a justification for what she did. this is just an explanation i think the reason she shot letitia is, you know, she's probably such a nervous wreck with the entire neighborhood being destroyed in this riot. And, you know, the thought that she didn't like didn't want to pay for it. She's probably so antsy that, she, you know, she so, shot her out of complete fear.
1: Another, and this another, is not to justify what she did. Just um, to explain. Another disclaimer. This this event happened before the city was in full scale riot. Before there were, was martial law and a curfew and things like that. So, while I can understand, they, I mean, there was a lot of tension in the city at that point, but there wasn't. It wasn't full scale rioting yet.
2: Well, yeah, okay. tension that can changes
0: little, that changes the context. I mean,
2: I mean, tension can do a lot of things to a lot of people. But I think that now there's a lot of things. Happening, man. There's been so many cops who have gotten killed or watched someone die because they haven't, they've been too afraid to pull a the trigger. They've been too afraid of what's going to happen on the media. There's been, there's, there was a case not too long ago of cops in California who saw a woman, a man walking with a knife and they got out their beanbag shotguns and they got out their rubber bullets and they got out their tasers and they tased him. Well, they were too far to tase him, so they shot him with rubber bullets and he was almost unfazed by it and nobody was willing to take out their gun to shoot him because he was a he was a hispanic man and they were all white cops and he killed a woman because of it and he ended up getting shot anyways because well he just killed somebody he's going after the cops so but
1: you make a good point touching on a subject that we could talk about on another episode uh, again that not everything is black and white and not all situations um, require the same kind of response, and sometimes it's just very difficult to to gauge what needs to happen.
2: Yeah, exactly, that's that's my exact point, and in all honesty, it's kind of hard for us, it's easy, I guess, for us to sit back with hindsight and say, why'd you shoot that 15 year old girl, or why'd you shoot that man right then, or, you know, whatever, but, hindsight's always twenty twenty. 20 uh, You kind of have to take it more what's happening in the moment. Um, forensics now could easily tell you where a person was facing, if they were turning around, how close they were to the bullet when it was fired. But even since the 90s, it's eh, questionable how accurate the forensics was. I know it it's not that different but we've made a lot of advancements since you know the 80s and 90s and it's it's just impossible to know every every angle yeah and i think that especially from you know the the story of the cops and they go to their own to a different neighborhood that's not right but if you start in one trial and you only have one trial I think it's pretty fair to say they looked at everything and she decided, it, especially because it wasn't, like, white versus black. It was a Korean immigrant shooting a black woman. Yeah. So it's, I don't, I, I don't know. Every situation needs to be looked at through its own specific scope. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think. So on, on the topic of uh, more local things, though, do you guys know a fun fact that New York State, Is one is one of the most corrupt states.
2: Mm -hmm. Oh
0: yeah, not surprised. Um, I remember also seeing a thing that uh, it's one of the worst women. uh, Worst. This is kind of unrelated, but it's also one of the worst states for uh, women entrepreneurs. Yeah, Uh, it's actually it's tied for last with California. Mm
2: -hmm. It's the worst state for entrepreneurs in general. Can't really start growing business in New York State, California
0: um ironically the best state for women entrepreneurs in is, is you know the big the big the big old red uh represent
1: well the, weren't they close to being a flip state in the midterm elections
2: ah uh, well no. it was it was it seemed like it might have been close but then after the elections actually started coming out and the votes started getting counted It it, didn't, it wasn't close <laughs>
0: No, no. It I, I to to briefly touch on that and Texas being a flip state. Um, Texas is not as deep red as people think it is. You know, as someone who's lived there, uh, it's never been deep red. It's only been lean red. Um, you know, it was it was a deep blue state until Reagan. You no, know, deep, deep, deep blue state. Um, so much so that, like, for a hundred years, there was a Texas um, state—I think—representative uh, seat for a hundred years was held by Democrats. Uh, this midterm was swapped over to Republican, um, just to show that, like, you know, it, there were a lot. It it went it went different ways. Like, there were it were, Texas went red in some ways. It went blue in some ways. There was a few flip seat. There were like two or one flip seat in the House for, uh, you know, Democrats. And then the Senate election, it was like two or three points close. But you have to think about the context. This is Ted Cruz, who in his last election won by only a slightly bigger margin and it's also the most hated man in the Senate, <laughs> and, and and you know you have you have Beto O'Rourke, his candidate, who has done the most fundraising out of any political candidate ever, who lost, and that's mostly because the polit- the fundraising was coming from out of state and not in state. It was mostly out of state donations, which is terrible. Yeah, um, you know. On to you know the more local. I'm not surprised. You know, New York State ranked number one in corruption. Yeah. look, look at who was our current governor. Yeah. And you know, but uh, I think the best the best way for people who don't know to explain, and the best example of his corruption is. Cuomo actually started a anti-corruption investigation committee, you know, and, you know, they were stamping out some some elements of corruption that were in the state government. And then it got over to investigating Cuomo's office and some of his close allies. And and then he disbanded the committee right then and there. Yeah.
1: Another thing on New York state corruption, just real quick there was a a legislator who was instrumental in creating the laws about uh, cryptocurrencies. New York State was actually, uh, I think, the first state ever to have laws about cryptocurrency. Um, And so the state gets money off of the industry now. And as soon as that uh, legislator was basically done, uh, bringing these laws in, he went and started his own private firm on cryptocurrency uh investment not investment, um he what what do you call it? He advises people on how to invest and things like that.
0: Yeah, uh there's a lot of examples of that. I mean you could go back to um the two thousand and eight recession. A lot of the big banking companies that were involved in helping, you know, the crash and who were doing this risky, uh, you know, giving out these risky loans. A lot of people in the government who were, you know, in defense of their policies and not fighting against any, any attempts to, you know, fix the problem or any legislative attempts. Uh, they went on to, you know, join major companies. Um, a lot of these companies that were on. Um, some of the people who were economic advisors to Bush or even in the, the Federal Reserve were former members of these companies. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's 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 if you do a lot of like thought, like looking.
1: Well, the the, uh, federal, the federal Reserve, just to touch quickly on it, a lot of their members come for the come from the private sector almost every single one of them oh, because yeah. they have to come up through the member banks because the member banks are really the ones who run it. Um, about the organization of it, you know, the president appoints uh, a chair every 14 years, I think. And then there's also a board of governors, but most of the power it comes from the member banks. I, I think we're going to actually skip the federal reserve and we're going to talk about it more in depth on an episode of, uh, uh, to itself probably because there's there's so much to talk about there in terms of corruption and just in terms of how it affects your country so I think I'm, uh, we're actually going to save that and we're going to jump into whistleblowers uh, and illegal activism
2: oh man oh whistleblowers
0: yeah I think whistleblowers is a great topic for corruption and I think it's a very important one especially since one of the most infamous Infamous whistleblowers and someone who's done, I think, great work for the United States and you know freedom. Edward Absolutely. Snowden is still a yep. criminal under our law and still has to live yeah. in the terrible country of Russia. And you should, you should look to at what some
1: of the the former district attorneys of our country have said about Edward Snowden. A lot of them want him. Oh put to yeah. Death. They want him put to death.
0: Yeah, there are there are people in the government who just, like, want him dead. So, and mostly because it, it exposes things about them. Yeah.
2: So, I know what Snowden did. I just don't know quite what he said. I know he gave government secrets, and that's why it's, like, treason and everything. What exactly did he say? What did he expose? So,
1: here, so he didn't it. say it. Here's, yeah, here's what he did. He didn't actually say much. What he did is... He gave the um, documents to journalists so that they, at their discretion, could decide what the public needs to know versus what is national security. And part of it was because there was so much information that he just couldn't sift through it all. And part of it was because he didn't want his own personal bias to be affecting things. He wanted, you know, he felt like it was wrong, but he didn't want to go totally rogue. He wanted some accountability, um, uh, some fail safes in there know what I mean?
2: Right so what what did he give to journalists then?
1: Um, he gave logs uh, and documents about a lot of uh, federal programs and keep in mind this wasn't just the NSA some some of the other agencies that got hit hard by this were for example the BND which is Germany's uh, Federal Intelligence Service uh, actually there are there's there's an alliance kind of of nations between australia new zealand great britain germany and the united states they all share intelligence with each other uh. so uh, and they all they all use the same kind of intelligence tools uh and those nations got hit hard by edward snowden did, did that answer your question
2: yeah
0: yeah. Um to touch on what Snowden, you know, did, it was um mostly revealing about, you know, uh the spying mm-hmm. that the United States was doing. Right. Um there were uh, I think the biggest points that you could draw from it are we were spying on um other nations, including our ally nations, without their consent and you know, and like infiltrating us, the highest well, yeah, and they were spying on us, too. This is something that was also revealed in this and something a lot of people gloss
1: over. It's like, hey, we're buddies, um, right? Yeah, definitely buddies.
0: Yeah, they were, like, infiltrating the highest levels of each other's government and military, um, you know, to steal secrets from each other. And then the other one is that, uh, you know, your phones, your computers, everything, the NSA... And all these agencies have the ability to tap into it at any point mm-hmm. without, con- you know, congressional approval. Um, instead, there are these like secret courts that do it that don't um, that aren't I don't even think elected judges. And, you know, they they just need approval from them they and they don't even need end-through. they don't even really need approval to do it. But they can tap into your phones Regardless if you're convicted of a crime or even subpoenaed what, what of having a crime, they, they could just they do only, it You know, right now.
1: They only need one warrant, and they can get all of your information. Because it used to be before the Patriot Act that they would need multiple warrants for multiple devices. But now just one warrant, and law enforcement can access everything you own from a distance. Yeah. And you wouldn't even know and, about it.
0: And they don't, they don't even, they don't even necessarily need a warrant to track, track your online activity. They, um, as long as, as long as they say that they're doing it in the, the attempts to find out, uh, you know, terrorist activity that might threaten us all. And, you know, you could, there's easily, easy arguments to make that this violates the constitution. I mean, this is you know right. no due process at all, and yet you were you know having your privacy completely invaded, mm-hmm. and I think it's I think it's there uh, the the major argument for people is that Snowden should not is should be a criminal and should be arrested besides from government officials, just in general, is that he leaked things that are a danger to national security. Because there's already laws in the books to protect whistleblowers, but they, are, they have to prove that you know they don't have a threat to national security. And the thing is, I think uh, Edward Snowden did a b- bigger service for national security than harm. 'Cause I think what he revealed is important for the American people to know and know that they have no security at all from their own state. Mm-hmm. And I think you could kind of say that, you know, hey, they're, you know, damaging our relationship with other countries, but I I'm honestly I think other countries already knew that we were spying on them if they were spying on us. <laughs> You know, yeah. I think I think I think that's not like the biggest you know bombshell for them. Like Germany is going to send out a message and say, "Oh, how how dare you? You know, spy on us." And meanwhile, they're spying on us. We
1: caught one of your agents spying on us. But yeah, um, <laughs> uh, Edward Snowden. Um, what was the point I was going to make? Uh. I mean, we've got the CIA. Everybody knows that we're spying on everybody. But the the point that I want to make here is that, uh, have you guys, did you guys see the, the, uh, the interview that John Oliver did with Edward Snowden? I did not.
2: I I didn't watch John Oliver, so no. All
1: right. Yeah, I don't. Uh, John Oliver was a little bit rude for, for the sake of humor, I think. Um, but what he basically revealed, he went out and interviewed people in the street, uh, a lot of people don't actually care about what Edward Snowden did until it came to the pictures that they were taking and sending to important others and how the NSA had a special program that reviewed um, files that were sent in that way. If you guys know know what I mean,
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't know, Snowden is such a touchy subject, because on one hand, you can't just give out government secrets, but well, on the other hand, sometimes you have. Let's get to that right now, to.
1: actually, let's get to that right now, giving out government secrets, that's obviously illegal, we have order uh, for a reason, um, order helps us, you know, not... Have a lot of violence and things like that, and laws are a you know, really important part of that. So, when is it okay to break the law?
2: Well, it, uh, that's the question, isn't it? Like, when, when, when is it okay? Why do we have laws in the first place? I mean, there are. It's when you, some people will say when you feel as though it's unjust or unjust, but that's so impossibly hard to to decide i mean you know jim crow laws i know it's nothing related to it but it's a good example of a law that you should disobey but why because you feel it is wrong i i don't think i think the the in the case of whistleblowing and the laws and should we disobey it or not 110 percent agree that you should disobey whistleblowing laws because there are people in the government who don't want those to get out and will do almost anything to make sure those secrets don't get out mm-hmm. so if you go through the right channels and do it the right way quote unquote of of you know whistleblowing you could end up dead ask almost anybody who's tried to go against hillary clinton you they know they know they know what happens when you speak out against somebody who doesn't want you to speak out.
1: Right. So let's talk a little bit more specifically. Um, I'm gonna name out four groups uh, that are very well known for uh, their illegal activism. And I want you guys to say good, bad, or neutral, your stance on them, just right off the bat, and then we'll get into talking more about them. Uh, So the first one, Antifa. Bad. Peyton.
0: I'd say bad. Bad. I I'd I'd list them as terrorists. All right,
1: Uh, Anonymous. Neutral.
0: Um That uh, that depends on I I probably leaning towards a neutral mostly because there are things that I think anonymous does that are good and then there are things I think that they do or that are not. That's
2: that's where I'm at too. Okay.
1: Uh, Ku Klux Klan.
2: Oh, bad! Terrible! Jesus! <laughs> Terrible!
1: Okay, and uh, last one: Black Lives Matter.
2: Mm, I mean, dude, they're, they're depends on
0: what you mean. That depends on what you mean by Black Lives Matter, because I mean uh, Black mm, Lives Matter is no. very group. Very, I, very I'd group. say bad.
2: No matter how you slice it, I think it's bad.
0: Um. You know, I am I'm definitely not saying good. I'd say I'm somewhere in between new like like leaning towards bad but more neutral.
1: Okay. Um
0: because like I the, the group is like it bare it's barely a group. It's more of an ideology.
1: Do you guys have any other uh well-known groups that I that I've missed?
2: Um I, think WikiLeaks? I mean, WikiLeaks is yeah. just one person.
0: Well, well, WikiLeaks is not one person. WikiLeaks is is more... Julian Assange is the founder, but, but he's yeah. not the one behind all the leaks.
2: But we're, we're just going to well, consider about, like, WikiLeaks one person.
0: Wiki WikiLeaks is a large organization. But yeah, I'd the, say the biggest thing in big WikiLeaks,
2: scale. the only big thing that WikiLeaks has done is, is, is the Hillary Clinton... That's even uh, doing I, really. dis-
1: I would disagree because they recently revealed um, uh, all of all, a lot of the tools that the CIA had.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, they up. release,
1: they release, they release stuff
0: all the time. Um, they do a lot on more than just the United States corruption. Like I saw, there was, there was um, a really corruption. good leak. Yeah, well, there was a really good leak about the Saudi government and a lot of things they were doing.
2: Here's the thing about a lot of the groups that you just mentioned or uh, every one of them except one I'd say doesn't really matter like no nobody really pays attention to them maybe maybe for a few months this I mean WikiLeaks too maybe for a few months it just has never mattered but the only exception to that is the Ku Klux Klan and the reason I say that is because it's still being brought up the Ku Klux Klan is is Basically dead. I mean, yeah, there's still like pockets. If you want to go, I think to... they.
0: Have, I think their their own admission total member count is like five thousand or eight thousand members. Yeah, it's it's not We're that
2: nationwide. But, nation but we wide. just we love talking about things so like groups like this.
1: So then let's talk about uh the most influential group. What what group do you guys think you would lean most towards? Good. On? That, that I mentioned Antifa, Anonymous, Ku Klux Klan, or Black Lives Matter?
0: The most good? I think Anonymous has done the most yeah, good. Yeah, it's anonymous.
2: anonymous.
1: So let's.
0: I can't right, say so Antifa so let's, did let's talk anything. about the
1: good and bad of Anonymous then.
2: Well, I think the good is that they don't really seem to have a preference as to who they attack, so they, they just kind of. Want a I don't know. A hacking group is kind of hard because they are anarchists. Most hacking groups are anarchists, but that's not always a bad thing. Especially as a conservative, you always think of you know anarchy, at least the start of anarchy, or the dismantle of government to be a good thing. Um, but it's it's.
1: Well, you might you might be surprised because while a lot of them have a common link of anarchism they are actually extremely extremely politically and religiously diverse you can have them far left far right uh center uh they're actually yeah, a very diverse group
0: there's very there's a lot of different forms of anarchy and you know i think anonymous is more um towards left-wing anarchy that doesn't mean anarcho-communism but more of the the henry henry david thoreau types
2: yeah i agree Mm -hmm.
1: um so what what do you guys think are are some things that they have done good specifically and some things that they've done bad specifically
0: oh
2: man i had to pull up the whole list
0: my 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 bad with with
1: just keep in mind that not not everything that they do gets a lot of publicity, and not all of it even actually gets mm-hmm. publicity at all.
0: Oh, yeah. I, I definitely know that, and I, that's why I'm less aware of, like, the things that uh, Anonymous has done, but mostly where my bad stems from them is not actions they've taken and more of just an ideological opposition. You know, okay. as much as it, that's like the only reason I didn't put them as good. Mostly is because of ideological opposition. In what way? And what what? While they're more left wing anarchists, that's the way. And that they're, you know, attempts to they're they're more advocating for a a type of anarchy that I don't support. And that's well, where I, where where I differ from them.
1: What, what kind of anarchy do you think they're advocating?
0: That, as I said, the Henry David Thoreau type, you know, a more collectivist type of anarchy, one yeah. that isn't exactly based in, um, uh, you know, any any type of system, okay. because, because, like, for example, I'm I have more inclinations and idealistically. I would like to call myself an anarcho-capitalist and that has some kind of system to the anarchy. Um, But then, you know, there isn't really a system.
1: Okay.
2: I think I can appreciate Anonymous um, when they quote-unquote declared war on the 2016 presidential candidates of the Democratic and Republican Party, but they denounced... The uh, the official YouTube channel, the Anonymous oh, official that, YouTube channel. That's not, that's not official. Has like,
1: anybody ever – I'm sorry, but Anonymous is extremely loosely – it's not even organized. Um, yeah. Uh, so but uh, the, the official YouTube channel is a bunch of bogus. If you look on their YouTube channel, you have a bunch of crazy kooks who dress up, and they're wearing no, like freemasonry the symbols channel. and stuff like that so uh and they're all over the place so and the whole notion of being official is isn't that kind of opposite of um their their whole group
2: Mm. i don't know just uh just from one reading because i just i'm sorry i pulled the list um just them saying that they don't support it because it, it goes against their idea of censorship, which I would totally imagine is something that Anonymous is against. I would imagine Anonymous is strongly against censorship because yeah. that's what they've fought against. So I can appreciate that, uh, putting aside the politics to stop something that they believe in. That didn't make any sense. But putting aside your own bipartisan politics to make sure that censorship, you know mm-hmm. doesn't occur, that you they, they stood by their morals even when they disagreed with the person who was um, against them I guess. Is I
1: think
0: I think oh, yeah. Anonymous's biggest problem is that they're not really an organization. Um right.
2: like most They
0: they're they're like a loose they're they're a very, very very loose group. Who, um and I think of most of them are not well intentioned mostly like mostly because most of them come from 4chan I mean it has its roots in 4chan and as somebody who has browsed 4chan before <laughs> and is you know actually you know been involved in that um a lot of people who who are involved in 4chan are not good people. Are just people who you know, you know, do things for attention and do things, you know, because they think it's funny. And I and I, I think, I think... a lot of the time, you know, when anonymous targets people, it's they 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 kind of got loose. They go very very loose with who they target. I think they gotta I would,
1: be. Uh, I'm gonna have to disagree with that statement a little bit. A while ago, I uh did some research and I did some interviews with them, uh, for a blog post. Uh, a lot of the most influential members are not, uh, people who come from 4chan or do things for the meme. Uh, they, whether or not you agree with their ideology or their methods, they are very serious about it and they do not do it, uh, to be funny. Um, I can't, I can't, I don't know about all of the members are people who call themselves anonymous, though. Um, but I, I can say that the most influential members uh, do believe that they have good intentions. They don't just do it to be funny. There, there has been history in Anonymous where there have been groups that have like uh, popped off, like LulzSec, uh, and uh, they they actually made like international news uh, frequently at that time. Because they were just taking down people left and right because they thought it was funny. Like they were, they were taking down government sites. They were taking down gaming sites, and they're just being real jerks.
0: Yeah, we, uh, well, I think, I think there though there's a bit of a problem with that because anonymous, since they're not so structured, um, people who call themselves anonymous, you know are very varied. Like, for example, I think I think a, one of the biggest things they've done that I disagree with is the amount of doxing they do. They do a lot of doxing. For example, do. yes, in 2012, and I am against doxing in every way, I think publishing somebody's identity on the internet is extremely harmful to that person. It's an invasion of their privacy. And no matter how terrible this person is, you shouldn't do that. And a great example of this is in 2012, the Westboro Baptist Church was planning to picket the funerals of, you know, victims of Sandy Hook. And while I I think Westboro Baptist Church is terrible and the people who are doing that are pretty terrible, what they did is they doxed everyone who is going to be involved in that event. And published all their information, including their home addresses, on, you know, the internet. That's I think that's terrible because that's actually inviting people to, ins, you know, incite harassment and inviting people to do violence against these people I don't think is the way to solve this. While I think Westboro Baptist Church is terrible and what they were planning to do is... You know, completely morally bankrupt. You know, you don't you don't publish these people's home address and wish violent and basically wish violence against them and open them up to violence. You know, I think I think a discussion of ideas is a better way. And you know, you know it, there is there is evidence to show that people's minds can be changed. And the way to do it is not to commit violence against them or dox them and put all their public information online. Right. Um, I think I think the biggest problem with, with Anonymous is that their attacks are very indiscriminate. So, you know,
1: I, I agree with you about the doxing. Uh, but the, the argument that they would give in their defense, and let me just say this again, I agree with you. The argument that they would give is that the government is not being responsible enough, and a lot of people just get away with their crimes, uh, without you know uh, receiving any kind of justice or punishment, and so that that's that would be their justification for it, but I I don't think that's a good justification, because you're just doing it based off of your own moral standards, and there there's a lot of um, there's a lot of potential for you to abuse the the power that you have and and totally ruin somebody's life
0: well how is hold on i get what you're saying and i agree that you know the government does not punish uh like like people get away with their crimes and the government doesn't punish them and government is bad i agree government is terrible but how is the, the westboro baptist church going to a funeral and picketing going to ruin your life?
2: You know, these are
0: people who are ruining lives. You know, I was talking about the
1: doxing. The the doxing can ruin lives.
0: Oh, 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 okay. I misunderstood what you're saying. My bad. But to address another incident in the wake of um, the shooting of Michael Brown, Mm -hmm. which you know, kind of going back to the police thing, I think that was a just. I think that was a justified shooting because Michael Brown actually attacked the officer. We have forensic evidence to suggest that. Um, you get, you get, um, in the wake know, of that, they decided they decided that they were going to, oh, you know, make cyber protests, attack the police, attack Darren Wilson, you know, without any evidence, you know, indicating well, that Darren Wilson was in the wrong.
1: So he, here's here's something interesting to consider. Um, the, the whole reason Black Lives Matter exists is because they didn't agree with the way that anonymous was protesting this issue. Because if you, if you look actually at the video footage and all, um, a lot of the things that were recorded when people were protesting this at the time, anonymous would stand on streets and they would hold signs and they wouldn't really do much about it. It was kind of like uh slacktivism. Nothing was getting done. They were just out there. And they would also opinion. dox
0: people who, you know, would disagree and say that, Michael Brown was justified to be shooting, and they also, so, again, another terrible group, well, the KKK. Let, let I said
1: my this point. earlier. My point. Hold on. Um, I, I
0: I will. I will. I just said okay. um, this is like further context on the issue, but they doxed a bunch of members of the KKK as well and revealed their home addresses and that too. So they were pro- they were protesting in the street in the streets too, holding signs. But they were also and, and still gonna, doxing people.
1: I'm get to that though. Um,
2: Black Lives Matter
1: did not like the the kind of mild mannered approach that Anonymous had, and so Black Lives Matter grew out of uh, mostly peaceful protests, and they started getting more radical, including doxing people, including violent protests, and so Black Lives Matter is uh, an extremely radical uh, activism group that came out of uh, what started as uh, a peaceful movement. And so while Anonymous yeah. was involved to some degree, I, uh, I I think a lot of the blame goes to Black Lives Matter.
0: Oh, yeah, I I could agree. But, uh, but there is evidence that Anonymous was directly involved in the doxing of a lot of people after it, the michael brown incident specifically
1: well what evidence is there because anybody can claim to be anonymous
0: the fact the fact the fact that multiple people identified to be you know a, a, anonymous officials as you would have it people identified to be with the group people have been ad- identified as doing other anonymous attacks were behind the doxing of several people
1: do you have a source for that? Because I'd be interested to read about that.
0: I have a source, so it's from the Wikipedia and their so- and then their source, which was hold up. Let me, I will look for it. But, um, yeah, uh, you know, but m- most of most of my problems with the anonymous is they're they're not a like organized group who do do things so you know really pinning down what is anonymous is hard mm-hmm. you know pinning down what is you know everybody um in the group and you know which actions are anonymous and which aren't is very hard and then also the fact that they are behind so much doxing they do so much doxing and they're more and they're more of a group that is more, uh, um. Oh Gawker, Ugh. Um.
1: Well, they, they actually—they I'm reading it right now, and they're citing their sources, so uh, I I I do agree with you. I see your point now.
0: Yeah, yeah, but but um, yeah. So what what was he saying? I was saying, oh yeah, yeah, um, but they're behind so much doxing, and you know they they harm a lot of people and they don't have a lot of aim. And I think they're more ideologically driven than a lot of than a lot of people will give them credit. I mean, there are great things they've done. I think the Arab Spring is a very good example of something they've done good. You know, they were helping to spread the message there and helping spread, you know, r- you know, a revolution kind of in the Middle East of people mm-hmm. saying we're not going to deal with these fundamentalist islamic laws anymore and the oppression mm-hmm. of these countries and the, they were but,
1: big on censorship in 2012 oh, yeah. when Mega upload went down they were just like no we're not taking that
0: yeah but then but then sometimes they you know do a stupid thing and they dox people and they right. reveal their home address or, or they to people who are, they, who are who are largely
1: harmless everybody.
0: Well, and yeah, and also when they attacked the PlayStation Network, like, what was the point of that?
1: Uh, was that was that Lizard Squad? See, because Lizard Squad is anonymous.
0: Anonymous. Yes, I know Lizard, Lizard but Lizard Squad, Squad, Lizard, Lizard Lizard Squad. So Anonymous is credited with the first time it happened. It happened twice, actually. And they're credited with the first time. The second time, well, was that Lose? Was was an was Anonymous? It was Anonymous, but the people who were behind it, who were from Anonymous, were like fractured out, and they became Lizard Squad.
1: Okay, so both times it was the fractured group. It was and Lizard no, Squad. No, the first time it
0: was not a fractured group.
1: Oh, well, then why did Anonymous attack them? I have no
0: idea. See, that's the thing. That's what I'm talking about. What was the point of it? I have yet to find a point to either of these hacks. Or or at least a point that, you know, is justified to shut down PlayStation servers and affect, you know, thousands of people's jobs and also ruin people from playing, playing online, which is not as big as an impact as... You know, the fact that people's jobs were on the line, you know, that people weren't yeah. doing, able to do their job and, you know, even, even back then, you know, on PlayStation there was there was somewhat of an economic aspect, you know, there were people who let's play, um, you know, post gaming videos from their PlayStation who can't do that anymore. That was a sh- stream of income that they had disrupted.
1: Okay. You know, cause so- the thing i i looked into it and yes it it was actually anonymous their their reasoning for it was because they disagreed with uh Sony's official policies i guess but yeah and right.
0: that doesn't make sense why would you bring down why would you bring down the service if you disagree with policies there's other ways right. to go about it yeah i just think that sometimes they they decide to get radical for a situation that isn't a lot of their corporate protests, you know, they don't they they go to the radical extreme of you know, doxing people left and right, and mm-hmm. instead of when you know, there's easier and more civil ways to do it, you know, boycotts. So let, let's get let's stuff. get
1: back to the the overall subject then, illegal activism. So what you're saying, if I'm getting this right, is that it's okay. To break the law in some cases, but you have to be very, very careful about the way in which you go about it. Is that what you're saying?
0: Very, it's a, I would say, I don't know about Alex, but I would say it's a very gray, great issue. It really depends on the case. and really depends on the law that you're talking about. It really depends on who your target is.
1: So, yeah, we're back to this. It's not a, nothing is black and white.
0: Yeah, nothing is black and white. Um, you know, a lot of things, for me, it's a case-by-case case basis. I can't give you an absolute answer as much as I'd love to.
1: So, here's my take on this. Um, and the reason that we call it alt-centrism, uh, uh, or radical alt-centrism, actually, is uh, because... There's the centrist part of it, that nothing is black and white, and that you really have to take everything case by case. And then there's the alt part, or the radical part, and that that's where I'm saying, yeah, sometimes um, sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do. Not to say that they they were justified in attacking PlayStation, people couldn't play their games, um, but in some cases, like when the government shut down Mega Upload, I mean... What what else are you going to do if the government is just going to censor you?
0: Of course, and I think I think the government when the government is the target, typically, typically, and not always, but typically, I would say it's more justified in that sense
2: mm-hmm.
0: because the government is 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 the big is the big baddie in almost every case. And I would say that the government can take hits, you know, yeah um it and it goes back to you know there's no one competing with the government, there's only one government, and there's nothing really we can do about it, and the things we can do about it um, tend to not be effective,
1: yeah, so I think we're gonna wrap up the episode now, uh one on time, I think we're going to uh you know say our last words anything that we didn't get to say that we really wanted to say and anything that we want people to really take away from this our main message um does anybody volunteer to go first before we end
2: well yeah corruption is not easy there's there's i mean yeah we talked about it earlier new york state is the quote unquote most corrupt right but it's not easy. You, you can't just take one example or just take one, one situation and say you know, this, this applies to every situation. And it's a very, very gray issue. And especially about everything about whistleblowers and hacking groups, hacking activists, all that. It really is a gray situation. I mean, because there are some people who, quite honestly, deserve to be doxed. Um, And there are some people who don't. It's such a gray area when when you break the law. I mean, obviously, an easy answer is, well, you just don't break the law. But we all know there are great people in this world who wouldn't have been so great if they just bowed their head and followed the law. Sometimes laws are made to be broken. And it's a very gray area. Uh, You you just have to take each situation. You have to play it by ear. Because, I mean... There's no such thing as a generalized definition of corruption because it differs. As I mean, we talked about a lot tonight. Um, you know, that's the number one thing is that it's been different. It, there's not one story that's like another. So everything is gray. We just play it by ear. I guess that's my last message. All right,
0: Peyton. Yeah. Um. I think. What to encapsulate what I have to say about corruption is mostly that corruption is going to always happen. It is There is no way to stamp out corruption. And I think the best way we can deal with corruption is, you know, nullify the effects of corruption. Like Alex said earlier in the podcast, you know, we need to limit the power that the government has because they're the biggest you know, perpetrators of corruption. And I think that by nature, you know, all governments are going to have corruption. That's just the nature of government and the nature of any any society that has ever existed. And I think corruption from corporations is also something we need to be, you know, worried about corruption from groups, you know, cor- even from the illegal activist groups we talked about, like Anonymous, the fact that they were doxing, you know, Everyday people and doing all these things, we have to have, we have to hold people accountable. We have to hold these organizations accountable in any way we can. With corporations, you know, boycott them when they do something you think is wrong. Uh, in the case of groups, don't condone their actions, don't support them, don't help them out. And in the case of governments, there there's less that you can do. But there are things you can do, you know, if if illegal activism is justified in this case, do that protest against them, vote against people who, you know, are corrupt, vote against people who have put in policies that increase the government's ability to commit corruption that affects you. Um, and most importantly, protect yourself. Well, I think it's important Um that you protect yourself. I think that's why we have the second amendment is to protect ourselves from the tyranny of the state to protect ourselves from the government. And I think you just need to inform yourself and prepare yourself for anything that government may throw at you and be ready to fight back against it.
1: All right. Um, last thing that I really want to say is I'd like to link the ideas of corruption and power. Corruption is most effective when you have a lot of power. Um, And and a good indicator of how much power you have is whether or not you have a monopoly. So whether it's a corporate monopoly, um, a cartel-like monopoly where it's uh, corporate but illegal, um, or whether it's a government monopoly, a, a, a monopoly on violence, that is a really good indicator that you have a lot of power and wherever you have a lot of power, there's going to be a greater chance that there is going to be corruption, and the corruption is going to uh, affect far more people uh, a lot more severely. Uh, so I, I think we need to really keep that in mind, that uh, you, you, can see a lot of, you can see power in a lot of different organizations, and even in a lot of individuals. Uh, and we, I think we have to be very, very aware of that and where it is. Uh, as for how we address it, I think that we need to call out corruption where we see it. Uh, we can't be afraid. We can't just uh, look down our entire lives because if we do that, nothing will get better for ourselves and nothing will get better for anyone else, even if it in the short term makes things worse. It's, it's definitely worth it in the long term to make a change. Um, so call it out and uh don't allow for so much power to exist because power is really where the problem lies with corruption i think
0: uh well said and uh you know uh before we close out today's podcast i'd just like to say a few things about the podcast in the future and going forward Uh, first of all we have a discord server That'll be in the description of today's video and today's podcast as well. Yeah, you can put the link on screen and we'll also have it in the description. Uh, But as well, we'd love to hear your suggestions in the comments and on the Discord server for what we should do uh, next time, what the topic should be for next time. I know we're discussing that. Uh, Also, guests. Um, I would like to thank our guest today, Alex, for being here.
2: Happy to um,
0: be here. Yeah, very. It was very great to have you. Uh, we'd love to have you back again. You know, sometime. And uh, as well, we want to talk about upload schedule. Um, I would like to say realistically, uh, you know, keep out for at least once a month. Um, we'd like to try to do biweekly. Um, at least two a month. But, you know, we'll have to see with our very busy schedules. And uh, we're hoping that uh, we can continue this podcast and, you know, you'll listen in and we can continue to grow. And hopefully we can up the production value as well.
1: So also, give us your feedback. We don't care how rude you are. We can handle cyber bullies. We want to know what you guys think, how we can make things better. Uh, mm-hmm. How we could make things worse, even I don't know, I- ideas, suggestions, <laughs> whatever. We we want to hear from you guys.
0: Yeah, we wanna, <laughs> we, we we really know. Yeah, you know. Um, I think the first suggestion is gonna be for me to stop yawning. Um, but we're doing it so late at nine forty-three. I know that's not late for most people, but I, I get tired very easily. Um, but. <laughs> Yeah, I over. would like to. to self, yeah, but I would like to thank earlier. you guys. Yeah, we're note to self record earlier, but I'd like to thank you guys all for um, tuning in, and uh, hopefully you'll tune in next time.
2: Yeah,
1: thanks. Remember, uh, radical alt centrism. Share, you know, share the word, spread it. Subscribe. Give us money. We don't have ads, so don't don't actually give us money. But
2: yeah. <laughs> Thanks, for, thanks for listening.